0: everybody, welcome to yet another session here at the Kickpod Dojo. I am your host slash sensei TJ Williams, giving you the insider of my martial arts journey, discussing and analyzing certain martial arts based subjects. And as always, highlighting world-renowned martial arts past, present, and future. All right, so I hope everybody enjoyed their uh, Memorial Day weekend. And I know people were um just um wonderful, just wonderful to have them three days off of work. But nevertheless, uh, the whole concept of Memorial Day, is you no know, it's it's like beyond, or should I say, it's um more than just being with your families um and out, outdoors barbecuing. Of course, I know it wasn't that hot on um Memorial Day. You know, but yet, um, it was real, real, nice. Nevertheless, you know, you're out there barbecuing with your family, you know, getting really acquainted. But nevertheless, the whole concept, the whole observation of the holiday is to remember, to show um, appreciation and remembrance to those who died in war. You know, you got the World War One, two, yeah, you got the Korean War, the Vietnam. And, of course, you had the um, Desert Storm. Yeah, you had the Iraq War. I mean, any pretty much anything that um, the military people that served in the um, armed forces have done. You know, it should be a remembrance of those people that really served their time in the armed forces. You know, the U.S. Army, the, the Marine Corps, the Air Force, the Navy, the Coast Guard. I mean, all those people really dedicated their lives to making sure that we had freedom or at least we had the right to do what we do. I mean, really, honestly, when it comes to our rights, I mean, we have to have the correct type of rights and it does, it's not at other people's expense. All right. So the one person I think about when, it, when I talk about Memorial Day is my late uncle that who died while he passed away four years ago. I mean, he wasn't, I don't think he wasn't any wars, but, um, I think this is like, he will join the army. He served the army. I think either like before, either after Vietnam war was over. I mean, I know it was probably around the 60. I know my my dad served in the army, uh, Fort Dix, New Jersey, I think four years. I mean, I don't think he wasn't in any wars, but thankful he's still alive. But my uncle is the one person I think about when, um, it's memorial day and then they i miss him dearly and you know i just hear his voice every time i think about him it's like him he's he really made me feel extremely special as a person you know he was like really on my tail about certain things in my life you know martial arts this is probably the main reason why i keep myself going in martial arts because of pretty much him and right now I can hear, pretty much hear his voice and it's kind of the way he talks just kind of makes me giggle a little bit. All right. So that's just one thing I do just honor him. And, you know, and just to think about Memorial Day, it's not only honoring those who died in, in the military or just they've served in the military and died. But pretty much you think about family members that um passed away. And, you know, I also took the time to visit my grandmother's grave. To, um, really honor her, you know. Really, definitely, war doesn't happen. Memorial Day doesn't mean you just gotta serve the army, it means you got a family to take care of. Yeah, my grandma is probably one of the people that are among the people that really took care of the family as um, things were like, well, as when she was in her prime. I mean, uh, it's just. Just thinking about this, thinking about my uncle and my grandmother just passing away and not being here. But, you know, they always are watching. All right. So let's get on with this episode. Speaking of the military, you know, I want to talk about martial arts in the military. So I bet the one thing you think about when you hear U.S. military, I mean, to me, well, to me, it's just It's war. You know, you're out there learning how to you learn how to, learn, how to fight, learn how to shoot, learn how to kill. I mean, probably the one amazing reason why I don't join the armed forces, join the military. You know, I don't want to be out there going crazy, being trigger happy and going and having this um sort of, uh, you know, that's the thing about most soldiers when they go to the army, that they have like post-traumatic syndrome. It's like, really, that's one thing I don't want. I don't want to have no flashbacks of any situations that I've been to. You know, that's why I don't join the Army. I mean, you know, I know the whole concept of joining um, the military is um, just to develop your discipline and your respect. And not respecting others, but respecting yourself and being well-dedicated, not only to yourself, but to your country. I mean... But uh, honestly, you know, I don't want to be that person that just joins the army, just to look good. You know, I want to feel good. But, you know, honestly, nevertheless, I am not putting my hands on any guns. I don't believe in shooting people. You know, people feel like they need to have guns to protect themselves. But, you know, I have martial arts. You know, that's the only military service I need. And I'm pretty much glad that i've spent like 25 years doing martial arts than me that'll be my military service that's all i got to say all right but nevertheless the main reason for my mar- or for the military i mean the one respect of for military is the martial arts all right so pretty much it played a important role in the military training you know you know he You know, when your firearms no longer is an option, you know, you resort to -to hand-to-hand combat. uh, Matching your skill against another person's skill. Hey, so let me get... Alright, so the question is... Martial arts has been... Has been around for years, but... When was it incorporated in the U.S. military? I mean... Yeah, you know, you got martial arts, like the most oldest style that you had in martial arts had came from Okinawa. I mean, it's like you had it from like either the 18th or 19th century that you had Okinawa martial arts starting Okinawa. And then, of course, it traveled to Japan and it goes into other countries, China, Korea, you know, and it just follows goes west it goes west i mean really that's the thing the the whole concept of martial arts started in the east and it's kind of worked its way up to the west and up to and right up to the united states right but martial arts wasn't incorporated in the u.s military until 1956 when Gunnery Sergeant Gunnery Sergeant Bill Miller created the the Marine Corps martial arts program. You know, after being put in charge of the Marines Marines hand to hand combat training. So when you think about this this program, it was right pretty much after World War One, two, as well as the Korean War, and it was around. The time of the vietnam war or at least the start of it then and you know and yet the u.s military didn't enter vietnam war until 1965 so look you had pretty much had almost nine like nine years between developing this program and going into vietnam war so pretty much the people that the people that served in vietnam war pretty much had much been prepared unless if they didn't have no guns they if their guns didn't work if their guns wasn't an option they had um their martial arts skills and yes and you know the one one thing I could think about when um when you think about the Vietnam War is um, of course um you know not to ruin it of course I mean Cobra Kai I mean if you haven't seen the third season yet you'll see where well, it's pretty much a revolved around John Crease. I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, you'll see what I'm talking about. I mean, you'll see flashbacks. All right. So, speaking of the the Marine Corps martial arts program, you know, the pro this program consists of various um, styles such as Okinawan karate, judo, taekwondo, wushu, boxing and jujitsu. So soldiers were trained in mental character and physical physical traits needed to defend themselves in any combat situation. Right? So think about all these martial arts styles put into the one program. I mean, it's not just one style, it's various of styles. I mean, one thing, Okinawan karate, you know, going back to like pretty much 1800s somewhat or at least more than that but you got that okinawan martial arts that pretty much focuses on like structure as well as um the good martial art well let's just say it's a focus on your base you know if you don't have a good base think about it your house doesn't have a good base it'll fall down so one thing to understand is your house got to have a good base Right, so that's what Okinawa karate is. You no, know, other than being trained and using a belt system, yeah. Now this is where things get interesting. You know, definitely you got a program. You have to have a belt system. You have to have some type of system. All right, so definitely, I'm guessing that it had like I don't know belts or someone had belts, but um, I'm not sure what the whole program was about. But you know, if you're training the military. You know, you probably train in like relaxed um, military clothing, right? So that's pretty much your pretty much the outlook. It you know, not only that you had the belt system, you know, you were trained in basic knife bayonet bayonets and firearm techniques. You know how to find and use weapons of opportunity. Yeah, the U.S. well, definitely. This is definitely one thing, you know, other than, well, that's another part of martial arts, you know, other than using your own hands, you got your own weapons, you know, in basic martial arts, you had nunchucks, you had a sword, you had bow staff, you had size, you had tafas, akamas, and you had pretty much all these other type of weapons. So, yep, so I'm guessing finding, like, the fighting using weapons of opportunity and yet if they were to go to fight and um let's just say of course they fight in a Vietnam war of course I'm not sure I'm not sure what um uh, well you know you can use a tree branch as a weapon of opportunity I mean there's a lot of weapons you can use that definitely uh just thinking about that um weapons of opportunity well, of course rocks rocks could be a weapon uh, anything chains so you think about that if you don't have a basic knife bayonet or bayonet or firearm you got other weapons to use to toward your advantage yeah uh, so that's um, one thing and also the u.s army kind of developed a similar type program but they call it the u.s army combative program <laughs> and when you think of as some um, that's something that not style of martial arts that we're trying to incorporate into our um, our um, skills as kobanda. <clears throat> I mean, you don't have much time to um. You don't have much time to at least, um stand there and let the uh, your opponent throw punches at you. You know you have to really have to be quick and taking your opponent down. So that's definitely one thing to think about. So that's why these. Martial arts styles that I mentioned. You got Okinawan style, like I mentioned, that you have to work on your base, and work on your strength and your techniques, or basically solid your muscles. It's like I said, no, no base, no house. Aint also judo. Of course, you gotta learn how to take your opponent to the ground. Right, that's really important. so uh, taking your opponent to the ground, being silly. Well, not silly, just, um, yeah, and this is why it's an um, uh, Olympic sport, Judo. And it involves a lot of grappling as well. And, of course, Taekwondo. I mean, you, other than being solid and be able to throw your opponent down, you have to be like, mostly Taekwondo focuses on speed. Mostly speed on punches, speed on kick. Well, mostly Taekwondo is 90% kicks. So you're going to have to work on speed with your feet so think about that i mean that's a c- good combination with okinawan karate and then also you got wushu i mean if i could if i could think of wushu i think of uh the Ip man i think it wasn't i think it wasn't wushu or w- deflecting you're deflecting attacks, and you know really you have like a lot of styles here. All right, so, and also you have boxing. <laughs> Who says boxing wasn't going to be involved in um in the military? I mean, really you have to learn how the beat like Muhammad Ali in the bo- in the um in the military. So definitely that's another style, and that's no- other than being quick on your feet, you gotta be quick on your um quick with your hands too so definitely boxing is vital to military training and of course you had jujitsu i mean really just also almost similar to judo but really you had pretty much simple, simple grapple simply grappling and taking it down maybe submission i mean kind of some similar to brazilian Jitsu. so this is very vital in the um very in the military. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. That's my fault. Sorry about that. Just yawning. Long day coming up. All right. So, just thinking about how it is and just to think how effective this um yeah, how effective um this program is in 2017 five top fighters or top five fighters of ufc not no not named i mean just said it was just top five fighters so it could be anybody definitely were sent to the to take on the u.s marines in this program and sadly i mean you had like the top ufc fighters going against these guys and yet they lose i mean yet it kind of would feel embarrassing because You got probably usually Africa's had like the world champion, yeah. The world champion of um, UFC go in there and fight um, U.S. Marines in this program and lose. You know, I'm not sure if this was recorded, but nevertheless, well, good thing it has been named. No, none of the UFC fighters have been named, so luckily it's kind of kept up under wraps, unless somebody opens their mouth about it and then. It gets around, so definitely one thing. Well, one thing. If if it was me, I wouldn't say anything. You know, I kind of keep it. Can't keep it low, but you know, definitely soldiers would talk. I mean, especially if they watch UFC and they know who you are, and they beat you, and you're not a UFC fighter. You know, you know those are the type of people that talk. You know, honestly, if it was, if it was none other than me. You know. I'd be embarrassed. Yeah, It'd be embarrassment, but you know, nevertheless, that's how effective the program is when you're going to military and you're doing this um this program. You got all these styles combined almost into one. You think of, when you think of this, you think of Bruce Lee. You know, use any style that works or use anything that works to your advantage when you're doing um Jukudo. I mean, it's basically Wing Chun, but you're Kind of creating your own fighting style in order to create an effective um, fight. All right, so let's, uh kind of let's kind of get a little background of this uh, this whole military program. I mean, yet you have all these styles of taekwondo. So let's just kind of review of the styles in the um, the um, in the program. Yeah, of course, you got Taekwondo is a Korean st- martial arts style that was um, originate, originally developed in the 1940s and 50s. Its creators were men who studied various martial arts and taught them in schools called um, Kwans or quins or whatever you call them. But nineteen 19- Fifty-two. After witnessing a martial arts demonstration, South Korean president president called for the creation of the Unified Korean style of martial arts. The original name of this discipline was Tangsudu. So, pretty much what's pretty much the style I take, but um, yet yeah, it's the Chuck Norris system. It's just a modified version of it. And of course, uh you got um, and eventually the name Quan which means fist was replaced at Su, Su in the name and Taekwondo became the official name as a discipline Taekwondo emphasized speed and agility training fighters to use head head height kicks and spinning techniques to defeat their opponent so, yeah, this, like I said, this is like in the military. You know, you're really developing speed and kicks. Well, definitely. Well, yeah, spinning spinning techniques. Yeah, this is definitely one thing. Yeah, imagine it. Spinning back kicks. Spinning heel kicks to the head. I mean, you're developing that speed. And then, yeah, you got jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu has its origin, It Has its origins in... Um, um, in Japan, I mean, some definitely the, I, prefer, I can't even pronounce the name, so you got the mu, Muno Muno Machi mundo machik, um, Machi um, Machi Okay, I'm going to say this again one more time. Breathe, TJ. Uh, okay, Munomachi um period in Japan, which ran from thir- three, uh, 1336 to Fifteen seventy three, so it came from a style of fighting with that prioritizedly with that prioritized that you that using the opponent's weight and momentum against them instead of striking them. You know, jujitsu. The name jujitsu didn't did not attach itself to the discipline until the eighteenth century. Loosely translated, it means the gentle art because of its focus on leveraging an opponent's actions instead of actively striking out against them. A commonly v- variation taught in the military is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is a technique that focuses on ground fighting. The idea behind Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is that a small smaller opponent can outweight could overwhelm a larger op- opponent our larger opponent by taking the fight to the ground and using choke holds and joint locks to win the fight so yeah definitely like i mentioned you brazilian jiu-jitsu and jiu-jitsu just gentle art you know you're trying to deflect use your opponent's weight against them Uh, and also another style that has been mentioned was krav maga i mean definitely you have krav maga a unique style of martial arts developed for the israel israel or the israel military it dates to 1910 when a man named when a man that I learned the various fighting fighting storm um, techniques from his father and eventually combined them into krab maga the focus of krab maga is an ending f- is on ending fights quickly by targeting the most vulnerable por- par- vulnerable parts of the body usually the groin is the main is the it's ma- is the main focus you know, it was developed for as well for use in real life, of real world situations. It's it's um it's a it's appeal of to the Israel um military, which adopted and incorporated into their training. And there is no question that Krav Maga training is one of the things that give the Israel um military its. Reputation. So definitely, that's what we're trying to incorporate is Krav Maga. It's like, what, how fast you want to get down, get your opponent down. You know, you don't want to waste time with a lengthy fight. I mean, you just want to get in and get out of there, especially when you're in a real life situation. You know, somebody's trying to kill you with a gun or try to knock you out. I mean, you want to get them down as quick and get out of there. I mean, you don't want to waste your time with lengthy fights. You want to go home. I mean, especially after a tiring day. All right. So, in conclusion of this um, martial arts training um, in the military, you know, martial arts training is used to help servicemen, service members defend themselves when traditional weapons alone may not be enough. You now, the success of the Marine Corps martial arts program and the Israel Army's uh, Maga program is proof that learning the martial arts can save lives i mean that's the thing you want to save your life that's the whole well you know that's why i don't the military you know i'm good that i joined karate other than just going to the military you No, know, i don't want that type of i don't want that type of conscience on my head my, in my head but nevertheless um here you are you got the military really developing themselves from the 1950s all the way to now. I mean, yet, years ago, of course, it was just learning how to shoot a gun and learn how to to stab people. But yet, usually the military stepped up their game from 1956. And now things, now really, if you think about trying to challenge somebody that went to the military, into a fight you know you're probably not gonna lose and yet this is what well yeah I think I remember my um think I think I I don't know if I talked about this before but you know yeah but um yeah I think I, yeah I didn't um talk to uh, Michael Brandy you know I might have to invite him back on the show but nevertheless uh this is pretty much my knowledge of um the US military but you know my knowledge of martial arts in general it's gonna go on forever because you know I love doing martial arts. And one thing I'm really looking forward to this July being. Um, well, of course I'm nominated for most inspirational. That's for my um, organization of UFAF, or for this convention. I've been really trying to strive to win one one of those awards. You know, I won trophies doing competition. You know, I got traditional kata sparring. Open form, and yet this year I'll be competing in the weapons which I'll be doing a tafakata and yet I'm still working on that. So definitely nevertheless I'm so excited about this convention. Okay so I'm going to cuckoo this episode of uh, martial arts in the military. So for those who are planning on going to the military you definitely got some facts on what you'll be expecting in the military Especially if you go to the Marine Corps or um, U.S. Army, yes, yeah, be on the lookout for these some um, amazing programs, and you can learn different styles of martial arts. At least learn their history of martial arts as well. You know, you got um, so many great styles that you can learn, and you could become like a better, uh, better organized fighter, not only in like really in a fight and like in a war But yet out in real life situations And yet usually people would like overstep their grounds for martial arts But you know you're trying to control the situation So yet since you got jujitsu in the um, whole style I mean why not use that to turn of calm somebody down Other than beating them up But you know you know people are just starting to be boneheads out there you know, th- too many fights, too many shootings, and just thinking about the um, the whole um, the um, situation in um oh um in um Oklahoma, or Oklahoma uh yeah the um the to t- tusa to the Tucson the Tusa um Oklahoma um saw massacre um back in um nineteen nineteen um 20, 1921. Where it was um, a massacre of um, black, um, black black, black Ameri- African Americans, black or black people, where uh, it's just like, think 500 died because uh, you got, of course, these uh, white supremacist groups, like just basically randomly shooting black people, and just it's just terrible just thinking about it. You know, definitely we gotta be able to be careful what we do or what we say. And not judge people for what they look like, you know. That's always been the thing. And also, lost. Just uh, lastly, of course, we got um Pride Month. I mean, that's that's another thing that we have to really be careful what we say about people who are, of course, uh, so people's sexual sexual preference of basically what they look like. All right? Either their their sexual orientation. Or their sexual preference. You know. You know. You got to really. Love everybody. No matter what their preferences are. You know. You know. I got plenty of friends that are. Out there. You know. It doesn't matter what their sexual preference is. You know. But you know. I have to respect that. I have to really respect um, them. The fact that they love people. You know. We love each other. I mean. That's how it is. You know. And that's why I can't wait to go to this convention. You know, I miss people. I miss all my friends. It's That's how it is. You know, it's great. But nevertheless, uh, that's what pride is all about. You're, you're pride to love everybody, no matter what they are. Hey. All right, so that concludes my episode here at the Kickpot Dojo. Make sure you tune in to my previous episodes on the BICBPradio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I will see you next time for an exciting episode here at the KickBot Dojo. This is your host, TJ Williams, your sensei, bowing you out. And I'll see you next time. from the future, telling you that your dream is going to come true. What? No way! Yeah, you're going to have an awesome podcast called Let's Talk, but no politics, okay? And new episodes come out every Sunday on... PSA